following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish. Welcome, everybody. Alex Clancy and Matt Fish in studio to the second installment of Rebound Radio. Uh, we had a really good show last week. We got to know a lot about Rebound Magazine, the NBRPA, the National Basketball Retired Players Association, and we talked some first-round NBA playoffs of the 2015-16 season. Matt, how have you been this week? Ah, I've been great, I tell you. It's been exciting to see this playoff get a little more action, a little more standing up in my living room and pumping my fists. Yeah, people being awake, actually, and watching it. <laughs> so today we have a lot to talk about. Very busy show. We are going to have John Engels be on in the first segment. He is the host of Voice America's All Around Sports that you can catch on Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. He is centered in New England, so we will definitely talk Celtics and Hawks tonight. Uh, today with him for the game tonight. Uh, we have in the second segment a very special guest, Mike Bresnahan, the Los Angeles Lakers beat writer for the LA Times, good friend of mine, a really, really great, smart basketball mind. We'll talk maybe a little Kobe, a little Laker head coaching search, which is circulating the airwaves of the sports world now, and uh, we'll get his take on who he thinks is going to win the finals. I'm going to put him on the spot. Then we'll go Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference playoffs, Western Conference playoffs. We only have 48, 50 minutes to do it, so let's get started. For those of you that missed last week. Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot again. I would like for you to tell us about Rebound Magazine and its ties to the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Oh, you bet. Uh, I'm a former NBA player. I was lucky enough to get drafted in 92 to the Golden State Warriors. Latrell Sprewell was the first round. I was the second round draft pick that year. Uh, So, you know, excited to be able to have the opportunity to represent, you know, UNC Wilmington in the NBA. Uh, After my 10-year career, I stepped back and was obviously worried about What's next? Because when you're done playing, you always got to figure what's next. The sad part is, is I wish I'd have thought of that before I was done playing. Um, You know, so I got myself involved with the National Basketball Retired Players Association, uh, the only one that there is that helps retired players transition to the days after playing basketball. And after being a member for many years, I knew they were missing a couple opportunities. And I brought Rebound Magazine to them down at the All-Star Game in Orlando five years ago and said, hey, man, you know, Rebound Magazine, let's tell the stories. You know, where are they now? And we made this game and the variety of great things that they do in the community. And let's learn from them on how they changed the game when they went through it, as well as what are they doing now to give back to the game so I said hey let's do a magazine and thank goodness the board of directors unanimously voted for it and five years later I continued to put out a magazine but I thought hey I got this great opportunity this platform you know to gather former professional athletes stories so why why end on a magazine and now radio and tv and so really you know all these guys have great stories and uh, we need to get them out there 
Absolutely. Matt Fish, Mr. Beginner, foundationalizer. I make up words on the air sometimes, so you're just going to have to deal with it. I don't know if you know that about me yet. <laughs> of Rebound Magazine, the spokesperson for the Phoenix chapter of the National Basketball Retired Players Association, Rebound Radio, Voice America, Radio, 888-346-9144 if you'd like to call in. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk. Follow Alex Clancy on Clancy's Corner, at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. And we have a very special guest holding, uh, holding somebody that will be an integral part of this show. From the East Coast, we have Mr. John Inglesby, the host of Voice America's All Around Sports that airs on Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, John, how's it going out in the East? Terrific, Alex. And uh, everybody's here excited here in Boston for uh, a Celtics elimination game that they hope uh, they won't get eliminated. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a great night here in Boston. And uh, thanks to you and uh, Matt for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. Of course, we're, we're, we're the privileged ones here. Uh, we're talking a little bit about Rebound Magazine and, and how, it's, how it touches all of all or the people that want to be a part of the NBRPA with regards to stories of people, you know, their rise to prominence and then kind of what they're doing after with their charitable donations, with the mental and financial aspects of their life after the game is over, after the lights are turned off and the jerseys hung up. John, do you have any questions for Matt just about how the foundation of the NBRPA or the Rebound magazine, I should say, really came to be? Well, yeah, I would love to hear, uh, you know, the story behind the story on it. Uh, you know, I've read the publication, the website, followed Matt, and, uh, you know, there's a big need for it. I actually have uh, some expertise in the area, having worked with uh, NFL player engagement for the past three years, which of course specializes in uh, helping their players transition out of the game. Yeah, all so, athletes uh, definitely. It's a subject near and dear to my heart, Matt. You're right about all athletes transition, you know, and, and they do just that. And, and a lot of them do it smoothly, and many of them don't do it very smoothly. Uh, but the NBRPA exists for a variety of reasons, you know, and that's just that, helping that transition be easier in the areas of like addiction, financial literacy, investing, your portfolio, franchising, health, you know, your back pain, joint pain, anything like that. Education, scholarships for yourself, your spouse, your great-grandchildren, whoever it is can also apply and get a scholarship through the NBRPA. So your whole family can do it? Yeah. It's not just the, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay, yeah. that's nice. I, I was unaware of that. It's, it's very handy. I've used it. The boys used it, and I plan on using it in the future when my daughter gets to, gets to be that age. Um, it allowed me to get a degree in special education. So it, it, it's, it's fa fantastic. They're working on insurance right now. Uh, they're working on uh, the, the foundation assistance. So say if you have a foundation and you're struggling with it, well, they can assist you in, in your give back in the community. So, I mean, it's, it's all-encompassing. If there's something missing, I bring it up to the MBRPA and say, hey, you're missing that. You know, I, I, I try out all the services. You know, I, I, I make sure that I'm involved so I can share with others whether or not I feel like this is really beneficial or maybe you should go about it this way. So that that. I hope, hopefully that's helpful, and uh, I can't imagine it not being. Well, yeah, it seems to be, and I'm sure it'll snowball every year that it's in its existence. You, you played in the NBA for eight years, and then you went overseas, is that right? 
Yeah, I played uh, uh, eight years here in the United States. I was in and out of the CBA and the NBA, and then I finished the last couple of years over in, in, in overseas. Um, I did everything I could in the C uh, CBA, which is kind of the D League now. Mm -hmm. So I was an All Star, I won a championship, was a number one center. You know, so in and out of the NBA, a journeyman, but a heck of a journey. I enjoyed it a lot. I was really honored to be there, and uh, I'm just excited to be able to have said I, you know, played against the best. You know, I, d I backed up Dikembe Mutombo, Alonzo Mourning, and Patrick Ewing, so some of the big centers at Georgetown and. I obviously am real proudful for saying uh, for being able to do that in my life. That's that's uh, it's excellent, and you've you've come into contact with a lot of professional basketball players. So who better to lead the charge for the Phoenix chapter than Mister Matty Fish himself? Ah, uh, well, thanks. Hey, my motto is by a player, about the players, for the players, and fans. So really, you know, a, a, a player who's an endeared with the other players. So hey, man, I'm one of you. Breaks down walls. You know, it has the ability then they can reach out and they'll say even in an interview, you know how it is, and then they'll go on to tell me so it's it's nice to be able to uh, have played at the highest level and and have played uh, against some of these great great athletes and there are still great athletes that are playing in the nba nowadays some of which hail uh in boston massachusetts mm -hmm. others in a little bit more down south in atlanta the burning question mr inglesby to you is well I, there's two parts number one What's Isaiah Thomas looking like tonight? And two, do you shake your fist at Brad Stevens for keeping him in a 30-point game with 10 minutes left in the fourth in uh, Game 5? Well, both great questions, and let me just preface that by saying, uh, Matt, you mentioned playing overseas. I'm not sure where you played, but as you both know, I just returned from uh, 10 days in Europe, and nice. I was in Italy and completely unprompted without wearing any Boston gear or anything. Two separate cab drivers, as soon as they recognized, which was immediately that I was from America, one in Rome, one in Naples, both said the same thing to me, Boston Celtics, I couldn't believe it, and then followed up immediately by Larry Bird. So they love their basketball over in Italy, and I'm guessing all of Europe. Uh, so yeah, so I love hearing the fact that you uh, played overseas, and I got to see uh, the interest firsthand in Italy just less than a week ago. Interesting enough, I played in Sassari, Sardinia in an Italian league when I first left oh, wow. yeah, the United States uh, right out of college. And so I went over there on this island in the Mediterranean, which is just south of Corsica. And I'm telling right. you, it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, I was over there trying to fit in best as I could. Um, um, and what, what an experience. Uh, I, I tell you what, when you get there and get really into the culture, uh, basketball is so much more. So I got to be real thankful for what it's all given to me. Well, that's terrific, and uh, now I'll get to your questions, Alex. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is looking good. It turns out it was just a mild ankle sprain, and uh, so he should be, if not 100%, pretty close, uh, which is, uh, brings relief to every fan in Celtic land. And Brad Stevens, you know, for having him in there with a 30-point a deficit the other night, uh, he, for the first time since he uh, came, came to town, is, you know, getting some backlash and some criticism for, for having him in there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's from the Belichick school. He's, he, you know, quickly got to the Belichick school up here uh, where, you know, he just doesn't even consider not playing him. He's not looking at the scoreboard. He's playing his best players. Keep in mind that just... Uh, I think it was one of the last regular season games just a, a mere couple of weeks ago. 
uh, and I happened to be watching, the Celtics were down like 26 to the Miami Heat here in Boston, and they came back to win, rather handily, I might add. So, you know, that was probably sticking in his mind. There was ten and a half minutes left in the game when Isaiah hurt his ankle, and, uh, you know, although some are criticizing it, Overall, uh, most people don't have a problem with it. They're, they're kind of used to that up here in, in New England. Hey, Inglesby, it's Fish. Uh, tell you what, they trapped Isaiah Thomas all over the place, right? Everywhere in game, right. game three and four. Do you think they're going to do that again tonight? I do. I, you know, it's been successful. And, you know, Isaiah's uh, only 5'9", so if that. So... It just simply, uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I would have to think they would start off with uh, at least to see how it goes. I mean, put the pressure on the other Celtics to, uh, you know, to produce uh, if if Isaiah is double teamed. And, you know, he called him out, so to speak, uh, the other night after the game, Isaiah did, saying that his teammates have to shoulder the load if uh, there's two players, you know, if he's getting double teamed. And uh, so, you know, if I was, you know, the Hawks, I would start out with it, see how it goes. Surely the Celtics and Brad Stevens have to be ready for, you know, a counterpunch, uh, you know, if if the Hawks come out with a double team and – and then, you know, we'll go from there. But uh, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't at least uh, give it a shot. It's working so well. I, I would think they would even to test that ankle. Exactly. That's, that's another very good point. Um, and Isaiah is something special. You know, I had the pleasure of seeing him just a few weeks back near the end of the regular season, second or third to last home game. And uh, he put up 32 points. And watching him in person... Uh, you know, he, he plays with a certain joy that uh, is really infectious. The the people in Boston just love the guy, and uh, you know, obviously, what he did what he did in the two games at home here against the Hawks over the weekend was uh, it transcended actually. And so he is a true, true fan favorite. But you know, at the end of the day, as we've all been hearing, you know, if he doesn't score and have a big game, there's no way they're winning tonight. We're speaking with John Inglesby, the host of Voice America's All Around Sports on Fridays from at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America. They say, the pundits say, we have a couple minutes till break here, the pundits say that a series doesn't start until the home team loses. Well, that hasn't happened yet, so do you see that trend changing tonight, or do you see Boston shipping it back down south? I see them shipping it back down south, Alex. Yeah. I, uh, you know, the Celtics in the Garden, as they proved over the weekend, are certainly a different team than they've been in Atlanta, at minimum. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's an elimination game, obviously. The crowd will be really revved up, extra revved up. And, uh, yeah, I I just uh, think the Celtics can deliver and, you know, hopefully get, you know, hopefully for New England fans get to a, you know, get to a seventh game where, as we all know, anything can happen. Uh, But, yeah, and plus they were embarrassed the other night. I mean, for them to come out, uh, you know, the, the Hawks were ice cold. The Celtics were just a bit better than that, uh, but nonetheless ran up a 10-point lead pretty easily, uh, you know, late in the first quarter, early in the second. But then from that point on, they were thoroughly embarrassed, and in the end they quit, uh, which is 
never a good sign. So uh, Celtics pride needs to be on display tonight. And, and I agree. Really, the Celtics have a lot to be proud about. they got a great future ahead of them, and I can hear the excitement coming, out, coming from you, John. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it is exciting. Uh, what can I say? I, ha- I have my new Larry Bird socks on <laughs> that, are, that I bought at the Garden when I was at the game a couple years or a couple weeks back. And, uh, and yeah, it, it reminds me of, uh, of a game six a few years back that I attended. The roles were reversed. Celtics held a 3-2 lead over the Miami Heat, and I was covering it. And LeBron James put on simply one of the best athletic performances I've ever seen. I have often said that's the night the LeBron James we know today was born. I'm sure you both remember the game, the entire yeah, nation does. Of course. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so here we are again, game six again. Different roles, Celtics down, but, uh, you know, there, there's nothing like it. Uh, up here in Boston. So uh, it's going to be an entertaining evening, no doubt about it. Well, thank you, John, for joining us. John Inglesby, uh, he is East Coast in front of a microphone. You can catch him every Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Voice America's All Around Sports Show right here again on Voice America. John, thank you so much for joining Rebound Radio. And thank you both for having me, Matt and Alex. Thanks, John. He's great. Yeah, and we'll, we'll look forward to hearing a lot more from him in the upcoming weeks. We still have a lot more to talk about. We have two long segments left. We're going to cover the rest of the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. We're going to cover the Western Conference playoffs. But up next, on the other side of the break, we have the one and only Mike Bresnahan, the Los Angeles Lakers beat writer for the LA Times. Always puts out good product, never afraid to say what he thinks. (laughs) And there's a lot of things in Lakerland that we need to talk about, and we will touch on all of them. Matt, give me that tagline one more time. Okay. All right. I want to hear it. I, 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 I never want to stop hearing it okay. for Rebound, for Rebound Magazine. You Give bet. it to me. By a player, about the players, for the players, and fans. And I'm so excited that you told me about the, uh, the financial aid for college, for, or scholarships for college for families. Like yeah. They do it like USAA. Like lineage. That's, that, that's great. And you know what? We're going to talk about more of that, too, because that is why we're here Rebound Radio, Rebound Magazine, NBRPA, Matt Fish, Alex Lancey in studio, Voice America Radio. We'll have Mike Bresnahan on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lassiter formerly with the Arizona Cardinals San Diego Chargers and St. Louis Rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lassiter's sports talk it's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday Tuesday Thursday and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time 12 noon Eastern time get ready for an unpredictable fun and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundradio.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. Rebound Radio, 888-346-9144. If you'd like to join the show, we just talked to John Inglesby, a great Great basketball mind and all sports mind from the East Coast centered outside of Boston. Now joining us on the West Coast, we have Mr. Mike Bresnahan, Los Angeles Lakers beat writer for the Los Angeles Times. Uh, Seemingly starting a vacation soon, but not just yet, I would assume. Right, Mike? (laughs) Yeah, you know, they brought uh, Byron back and made that official. Then I'd probably uh, get a little downtime here between, uh, you know, the lottery coming up in a few weeks and also the draft at the end of June. If the Lakers keep that first-round pick, of course. But, hey, another coaching search. It's their fourth coach they're going to have since Phil Jackson retired from the sidelines in 2011. Kind of stunning if you think about it. It really is. Absolutely. How many are still on the uh, payroll out of those four? No, I think they're free and clear. Oh, they Uh, are. Yeah, they ended up uh, not only Byron any money because they let him go before a, a deadline in June. And, uh, you know, Mike Brown's off the books, and Mike D'Antoni's off the books as well. So mm. they are, uh, they, have, they have all the money they want to spend on coaches at this point, if they want. Small step for mankind, I guess you could say. Uh, so you have, <laughs> you have David Blatt having some consideration. You have Kevin Ali having some consideration as well. And I want to touch on those really briefly. Is Luke Walton to you fool, fool's gold, or do you think he can make a difference for an NBA franchise? No, I think he can help. I think he really uh, padded his resume the first half of this uh, current season, obviously, 39-4 and in place of Steve Kerr while Steve was coming back from that back surgery. And obviously the, the easy uh, counter to that argument is, hey, he just rolls the balls out. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and on and on and on. They took care of it for him. But all those players to a man have said and did say during Luke's tenure as uh, the, the interim head coach, they all said, hey, this guy's great. I mean, he's fun to deal with. He gets his point across. We listen to him when he's unhappy. And, uh, you know, I, I think he'd be a pretty good scratch. Uh, I think he'd be a real good NBA coach, uh, whether the Lakers take him or someone else does uh, down the road somewhere. So does he get a portion of the Coach of the Year award? <laughs> does, <laughs> does, does he get like a leg or something of that award? <laughs> you know what I noticed, Matt? Like, when, when the Warriors were announcing it the other day, their social media feed kept referring to the big three of the GM, Bobby Myers, Steve Kerr, uh, obviously the, the winner of the Coach of the Year Award, and Luke Walton, who hmm. actually gets zero credit for any of the wins that he picked up. Steve Kerr gets credit for all of them. So Steve had a wonderful 73-9 and nine season. Wow. I actually called the NBA, and I said, why does Luke get no credit for going 39-4? and four? 
we had a good they had a good answer. Say he took over uh, the Philadelphia 76ers and they went four and thirty nine. I mean, it's not quite fair to saddle Luke with thirty nine losses in that situation. So it kind of made sense, but yeah, you do feel a little bit bad for Luke Walton. Yeah, and well, he got nine Coach of the Year votes or something like that, right? So he he got a little juice in the pot. Uh, we're talking to Mike yeah. Bresnahan, the Los Angeles Lakers beat writer for the LA Times. Follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore Bresnahan. What was it like, Kobe's last game? I got to tell you, Alex, it's probably the uh, second most wild game I've ever been to at Staples Center. First, obviously, Game Seven, two thousand ten, NBA Finals when they beat the Boston Celtics in a real low scoring gut-churning kind of game. Obviously, there's a lot at stake in, in that game. But this, this Kobe game is probably the second most wild game I've ever covered in my 12 years of, of being on the Laker beat for the LA Times. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. Kobe started out 0-5 in the game. And there were kind of jokes before, before tip-off. How many shots is he going to take? 30, 35, 40. Well, how about 50 shots? <laughs> That's <laughs> crazy. And, you know, obviously he scored 60 points and it was like a championship type of game as far as the crowd action, uh, the, the lower bowl, you know, where all the rich people sit. It was fabulous. I mean, it was frenzied and, and people were going nuts and, you know, multi-million dollar executives uh, chest bumping each other. I mean, it was, it was actually really fun to watch, even though Kobe had a, let's face it, a miserable final three years with the Lakers, you know, shooting about 35% this season. Not a good... Uh, not a good season for him or the team, but, but a really fun ending to at least uh, uh, be a part of it in the uh, press row. So what you're saying, is the wild part of it was just the atmosphere and the people fist bumping and, and, and jumping around, making a big deal of the last game of the year. Is that what you mean by wild? Yeah, the crowd was really amazing. Cool. And it was kind of funny. I mean, this team won 17 games. I mean, you will never find a, a more things to write about a 17-win team in NBA history. I mean, it was all Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. And, of course, they had a bunch of young players, too, that, that Laker fans are interested in. D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. So put it this way. There was never a lack of things to write about for a team that turned out to be the worst in the 68 <laughs> years of the Lakers' existence. Now, I, um, I get a little nauseous when anybody asks the question I'm about to ask, but say Kevin Ali becomes the front-runner to be the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers for next year, is, is it with a at least 10 or 20% intention of trying to lure Kevin Durant over and away from luring him to you know, Scott Brooks in Washington or you know, keeping him away from Oklahoma City? Does that go into the mindset of the front office at all? It does. You know, they're definitely looking at guys who might have an impact on drawing Kevin Durant away from the Thunder. Mm-hmm. The problem is the Lakers roster. I mean, you have a bunch of young guys, and maybe they can go out and get one or two free agents. Actually, if they get Kevin Durant, they're only going to get one free agent. Um, you know, it's not a real ready-to-win type of roster, which, you know, look, let's look at the other teams in contention for services. I mean, Oklahoma City, obviously, you probably have one of the top two or three point guards on the team, uh, in the NBA on that team. Golden State, that, you know, enough said right there. Um, Washington, you got John Wall and Bradley Beal. I mean, all three of those teams are much more championship ready. And you know, the, the Wizards didn't even make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're gonna they're knocking on the door of a of a trophy or anything like that. But those rosters are better than the Lakers. So you get an Ollie in the mix to be the Lakers coach. Maybe their chances go up uh, a few percentage points, but it's still it's still pretty minimal. What do you think? Uh, are there? They have a real good chance to get in that draft choice, uh, from what I understand. Correct, <laughs> with a record like that. 
Yeah, I mean that, that's where that's where it's going to have to start, right? I right. Mean, they have a fifty-five point eight percent chance of keeping that draft pick. Uh, it's top three protected. They owe it uh, because of the Steve Nash trade back in two thousand twelve, and uh, you know it obviously that doesn't look real good in hindsight. And he only played about a season and a half, right? Because his body was already breaking down. But they, you know, first, first things first, May seventeenth, the draft lottery in New York City. I'll be there and. Uh, can't, you know, little ping pong balls bounce the Lakers' way. Fifty-five point eight percent chance they finish in the top three, and they're able to hold on to that pick. Mike Bresnahan from the LA Times. Mike, I have two questions for you, and I will let you know which is the more important after I'm done. Play playoff prediction, finals, and games. The teams, you mean? That'll be yes, sir. God, you know, a month ago, it's so easy to say Golden State <laughs> uh, against Cleveland, and I think you have to stick with that, especially since Golden State. Is basically going to get an intentional walk into the next round. I mean, Portland's a good team, but they're not going to beat Golden State, even if Steph Curry's not playing three or four games in the next round. And then the Clippers, if they somehow win the last two, I mean, you know, who's left on that team with the the devastating injuries to Chris Paul and Blake Griffin? So I think Golden State still gets out, and they're probably going to beat Cleveland in, let's call it, six. That, you know, I like that a lot. I have it the other way around with Cleveland. But the most important question, and this is for the L.A. lovers or livers out there, Carnies or Pinks, Mike Bresnahan? You know, I'm a Carnies guy. Thank you. Carnies since, oh, yeah, since I was a young kid. You know, you got the little uh, burger joint there in the, in the train car. Got to do it. Yeah, I mean, chili dogs all day. No beans. I don't know what these East Coast people are talking about. <laughs> Mike Bresnahan, thank you so much. You can follow him at Mike underscore Bresnahan on Twitter. Check out his column at the, for the LA Times. It's great. Every read is a great one. Mike, thanks so much for joining us on Rebound Radio. Anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, he's... He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, anytime you want a good read, Twitter, he's a great follow. Uh, he's every column. He is not afraid to say what he wants to say, and he always gives fantastic information. What do you think? Of him? Yeah. Uh, he's got it's all fantastic. the insight in the world, doesn't he? It's fantastic to have him out there just on gr- legs on ground. You know, he says he's going to be at the draft or he's going to be at the lottery, too. Yeah, you pick know, that name up. Yeah. He didn't have to name drop it on us. And <laughs> <laughs> I love the 55.8%. He's got it down. He's got it down. Yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. So thanks again, Mike Bresnahan. Uh, check out his column on the, at the LA Times. We have a few minutes left in this segment. Let's jump back to the Eastern Conference. We just covered, covered Atlanta and Boston. I share John Inglesby sentiments. I think Boston's going to win tonight. I think it's going to be about a 10-point deficit. This is a 10-point win. This is what they need to do in an effort to get better. They're not going to beat Cleveland this year. They're not going to beat anybody, let alone get out, of this, uh, get out of this series. But they need to show people that, especially free agents, that if you want to come play, Boston is for real. We have young talent. We need one anchor, maybe a star to go, maybe a B-level star to go over there, and they can win in the future. The the Eastern Conference is wide open. You only have one team that's dominant. Everybody else is kind of jockeying for position. Well, Boston definitely has a great upside on it. You know, Absolutely. If, if, I do think that they're going to win tonight. I do. Uh, I do think that they should double, double team and trap as much of Isaiah Thomas as they can, knowing that they need to test that ankle. And and it's been working for him. Don't just trap him once or twice. Trap him three, four. Just really make it rambunctious. He has to start really trying to throw him off his back feet, you know, and all that stuff. You're going to get steals. At the same time, Boston has to just dig in, get it done. And I think they will. Former NBA star uh, Matt Fish and Alex Clancy in studio. CBA champion yeah, Matt Fish, which it. I was unaware of. I'm learning so much on this show today. No. That's fantastic. I'm going to say that from now on. That's great. CBA champion, NBA star <laughs> Matt Fish 
and Alex Clancy in studio. Rebound Radio, 888-346-9144. Let's move on. Charlotte Hornets, Miami Heat. Charlotte's won three games in a row. Nobody saw this coming after Miami went up 2-0. Last night, Charlotte wins 90-88. There was a questionable no-call in South Beach in Dwayne Wade's city where he is the mayor, governor, president. He's got all the keys. He's got the skeleton key that he's given nobody else, given it out to nobody. Gabrielle Union's pissed off. <laughs> Shouldn't do you think you saw the play? Yeah. Should it have been a foul? At home with, with Dwayne Wade. The most important person in the building. That's a foul. Especially that he was playing like the weight of old. Man, I'm telling you, he was all over that court. He was dropping dimes everywhere. He was shooting high off, you know, out of the sky, and they were just nothing but net. It was fun to see him do what he can do. Uh, playing so well, I believe he deserved and earned that call at the end of the game. I disagree. I think that just because you jump into somebody doesn't mean it's a foul. And listen, at first notice, you see uh, one of the Zeller brothers jump up, you see Dwayne Wade fall down. Mm-hmm. With two seconds left, with them down, you call a foul. I mean, that's just what it's been for the last 10, 12 years. So I understand that. I understand the thought process behind it because I thought it right away. But after me watching it 15 times, I'm like, you know what? He jumped into him, and it was clean on the ball. And it would have been such a better story if they had called a foul, but that's not what the NBA is. You know, five years ago, Dwayne Wade would have got that call. They're kind of saying, hey, Dwayne, you're 34. You know, maybe, maybe it's time to start seeing that you're not going to get all the calls that you used to get down seven, get up eight, like the commercial said about a decade ago. So we'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens in game six because right. nobody expected Charlotte to be where they are right now, especially with it's, it's a bunch of 6-3 guys and Al Jefferson, and they're playing really well. You know, they're, they're making the necessary steps forward in an effort to actually become a contender in the East. I wanted to also mention Courtney Lee. Think how bad he felt on that layup. And then he made it up, though. He got a steal, kick back to him, and hit the three. Yep. That's not often you get to make up for it. So, Courtney Lee, you got to really appreciate the extra hustle from him. He was a difference maker. He hit that three, and that was a difference in the game. Absolutely. Toronto, Indiana. Toronto was up 3-2. People were questioning Toronto's fervor, their merit as the number two seed in the East. Uh, they showed they had a good showing, game five. They played tomorrow, game six in Indiana. Uh, Paul George is better than anybody on that court. Uh, there's no question about that. And if this was a five-game series, and obviously it would be over, but if it started over, Paul George could make a difference and win a series on his own, especially against a team like Toronto with two small guards. He's 6'9". He's, he's a beast. He can do everything. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. He put up 37 last game. Yeah. So there's only so much that he can do. Uh, they've never really gotten the point guard thing down, mm-hmm. and unfortunately for them, they traded Kawhi Leonard for George for uh, George Hill on draft day a couple years ago, which was a huge mistake. Their game, their team would have been completely different if they didn't make that trade. But now they're sitting down three two, going home again. Neither of these teams are going to win anything, I don't think. Uh, Toronto maybe has a chance to beat uh, Cleveland if somebody gets injured, but for now this this will just be a fun if you're if you're a basketball fan it'll be a fun series to watch down to the end. Well, it was a fun game to watch anyway. I mean, when I was watching the game last night, I was completely bewildered. I tell you, you know, Toronto was losing the entire game until the end of the game. You know, they take so many threes. It's amazing how many threes that they take, and you live and die by the three. But you've noticed recently these teams have been living by the three. It's just a matter of a few shots, even though as many as you miss. You hit those few shots at a very specific time at the right time. That makes up for the misses, and it showed again last night. They didn't deviate. They continued to bomb threes, and all of a sudden they hit a few in a row. You know, I believe in the Raptors, but I tell you what, uh, 
you know, last night was an unreal game. How it turned around was just so much fun to watch. And, and you're just you're right. I mean, it's really fun to watch these two teams battle it. Uh, I didn't see that coming at the end, and sure enough, they squeaked out of there with a with a win. And then you got Paul George who had 22 in the first half and 18 in the third quarter, and then kind of the wheels came off, sort of. You know, they just found a way to come back and make that difference enough difference to steal that win. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We are the North still. Holds a lead in that uh, playoff series. We'll see if they can close it out in Game 6 in Indiana tomorrow. Cleveland-Detroit, the only sweep, which is kind of weird. That's the only sweep in the Eastern Conference, the way the first couple games played out in all of these series, uh, except for Indiana-Toronto. Uh, you know, it, the games were closer than everybody thought they were going to be, but they're still cruising. Cleveland's still cruising, still getting their playoff mojo together because these three have not played more than a game together in the playoffs, which is which is ridiculous, but due to injuries and everything from last year, uh, that's what they were dealt with. That's what they were dealt. This year, it's a little different. They seem to be cruising. They have J.R. Smith and Amon Shepard playing the sixth and seventh man like they're supposed to be playing, not playing like the second and third options on offense. So it's really going to help them in the later rounds, you know, not have to play 45 minutes a game with LeBron and not having Kevin Love have his shoulder popped out of his body. So things are kind of moving in the right direction for Cleveland. Teron Lewis keeping quiet, it seems, yeah. letting LeBron James just do, do what he has to do because until he doesn't, you can't really say much. And if they don't win the championship this year, then there'll be a conversation of if LeBron should back off the coaching front and the GM front. But for now, let him run. Well, Kyrie Irving's back and as great as ever. Yeah, you know, Kevin Love, who was hurt, but he's now healthy. Not only is he healthy, but he's back in shape. When he first came back, he was struggling, but he's back. I mean, bombing the threes and all the rebounds. He's such a great passer. He makes a difference in the game. And to see Kevin Love make that difference again, I tell you, it just puts Cleveland right where they need to be. You've got LeBron James, the best player in basketball. They look good, and I agree with you when you say, that they're cruising. Yeah, they're cruising, and, and uh, we got a couple minutes to break here. On the other side, we're going to talk all Western Conference, and we do want to thank John Inglesby again. Uh, he's got his own Voice America show here. It's fantastic out of the East Coast. Thank Mike Bresnahan uh, from the L.A. Times. Cleveland and I will have a very special relationship on the other side of this break, and you will too with Cleveland, but I think it's going to be a little different, if I'm not mistaken. But we will talk about that on the other side of the break. Cleveland 4-0, the only team to sweep. Yep. We're going to talk Clippers and their injuries and how they have the worst luck in all of professional sports, seemingly. <laughs> Them and any uh, Cleveland football franchise, I think, would be tied. We're going to talk Golden State's clinching last night. We're going to talk Oklahoma City clinching. And we're going to talk... San Antonio, Memphis, the worst series in the first round of the playoffs. Yep. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in Studio, Rebound Radio, Voice America. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundradio.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Rebound Radio, final segment, 888-346-9144. Please call us with any thoughts, complaints, concerns, smiles over the phone. We like smiles over the phone. Matt Fish, former CBA champion Matt Fish. Alex Clancy in studio. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. We've covered the Eastern Conference. We've talked to John Inglesby. We've talked to Mike Bresnahan from the LA Times. And now... Before we hit the Western Conference and talk about all its glory, Matt, I want you to tell us what's coming up with Rebound Magazine and the NBRPA, please. Yeah, well, recently they just have a, a partnership that they announced between Junior Sons of the NBA and the Press for Success Police Athletic League, and they go all around the United States and, and put on camps and clinics. What I like about this camp and clinic, though, is it's more about learning the skills of life as well. So you'll have all these different... Uh, um, eight minutes at these stations, right? But one of those stations is sitting down talking about doing the right thing. And not all of them you know, do that. This one does. And they run it so well. They're making that difference is so great. They're going to be here in Phoenix on the 16th of June. So we're excited to have them come here and, and make a big difference. We're going to have a bunch of former NBA and WNBA players come out, uh, help with that difference being made, and uh, certainly reach a bunch of young uh, athletes, uh, make sure we teach them the right uh, fundamentals of life and the skill of basketball. That's fantastic. And listen every week because there will be up-and-coming things every week to talk about for Rebound Magazine and for the NBRPA is their LinkedIn one. And Matt has always great things to say. He's always about charity and donation and NBA Cares and the legends. He's got so many. He's multifaceted here. So listen every week for the new upcoming events that you can take part in. Uh, before we get to the Western Conference, I want to do this right now real quick because we ran out of time last week. Matthew Fish, <laughs> what is your finals prediction? Do you want to hear it? I, I need to know. All right, here we go. A lot of toiling has gone into this, but uh, I've decided to go this route. you got to go one. Yeah, because we here had we two go. last week. <laughs> here we go. Uh, Cleveland versus San Antonio. And Cleveland is going to win it in seven. Seven. Interesting. I picked it in six, so you kind of stole my uh, stole my uh, surprise there. So <laughs> Cleveland four two and six. Thank you. And I picked this before this, so I think we both did before Steph Curry got hurt. I believe yeah. we both had this, and unfortunately, it was said in a conference room and not over the airwaves. I know. So we get no credit for it. But I will say, oh no! But I'm saying against Golden State. I'm not saying against not, uh, San Antonio. You're not San Antonio, though. No. You're Golden State. I'm sticking with Golden yep. State because I believe that the team with the aforementioned worst luck ever in professional basketball, the Los Angeles Clippers, mm-hmm. not 24 hours after Steph Curry 
had a MC, has an MCL sprain out for two weeks, mm-hmm. reevaluated in two weeks, loses Chris Paul to seemingly punching a defender in the back and to a broken hand, and Blake Griffin um, hurting his earlobe or whatever it was that hurt him initially. It's a quad. I know quad injuries are tough, but it takes him forever to come back from injuries, mm-hmm. and that's one of the knocks on him. Chris Paul's been healthy all year, and unfortunately, you never want this to happen in the playoffs. Regardless of if you hate a team or not, you want your team to beat the best players from the other team. And I understand that Golden State didn't do that at all last year. Every single point guard that they played was injured at one point or in the totality of every series that they played in, that they played. And, you know, people will remember that for a couple years, and then 10 years down the road, people will forget who they played just that they won the championship. But Golden State seems to have a. You know, just a just an easy meandering through round two, whether they play a hobbled Clippers team or a Portland Trailblazers uh, team that is leading 3-2, that has a top three point guard in the NBA now. Can you say that? Can you put him ahead of Chris Paul and Damian Lillard? Yes. With Kyrie Irving and Steph Curry? Uh, Damian, I tell you what, Portland's going to go as far as Damian Lillard can take him. You know, he's had huge nights in scoring, and he's going to have to play like a superstar in order just to carry them beyond. I mean, C.J. McCullough carried them offensively when they were struggling the other day. Mason Plumlee, he's a facilitator. He's a big guy. I like the way he plays. He passes. He's very active. But it comes down to Damian Lillard, the third best point guard in the NBA. Uh, He's getting there. Uh-huh. Numbers-wise, this year, he, he is. You know, oh, you know what? I lied. I lied right to your face. Go ahead. And you've me. never done anything wrong to me. I lied right to your face. Fourth best. Russell Westbrook is ahead of him. Yeah. And I did forget about him. I don't really think of Steph Curry as a point guard for some reason. There aren't really any... I've had this... Um, I'm going to cut myself off. I had this theory, and I still it still holds true, that a true point guard can never lead your team in scoring and win a championship. And you have Magic, who always averaged 19, 18, and 12, or 14, whatever he did, which was insane. Russell Westbrook averaging 26. You know, Steph Curry last year was, he's not really a point guard. He's a score-first point guard. You know, the Steve Nashes of old are gone. When you average 18 points and 12 assists instead of 26 points and 9 assists, there's a huge, there's a huge discrepancy in that number uh, shuffle. And you have Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the guy that has the perfect point guard numbers, but he just doesn't win. And he hasn't won, and it seems like he never will unless he gets out of that jersey. But he didn't win in New Orleans when they were number one seed. It's kind of been the the rock on his back. But now... Clancy, did you just devalue the assist? No, I valued the assist. I devalued the points, which is the thing. So Steph's Steph's 30 and 7. If he was 23 and 11... Completely different story. You can't have your point guard be the leading scorer on your team because the more shots they take, the more stagnant everybody else is. If you have Steph, if, especially with as big as the um, as big as the pick and roll is now, you have the point guard shooting the ball a lot more instead of passing. The John Stocktons and Steve Nashes of the world are gone. It's a dead art, which is so unfortunate because that's how the point guard position was meant to be played. Not Pete Maravich. Not 45 a game at LSU with no, with no three-point line. Not 42 a game with the Utah Jazz when he came to the NBA. So that's my thing. That was my diatribe. And that's why I think that Portland, Portland's still going to win this series. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what happens in the upcoming uh, rounds because all of the point guards now are 26-7 and seven and not 22-10. and 10. 
I see where you're coming from. I, I, I understand that. And when you talk about people that are becoming obsolete or their, their um, skill sets, let me jump into uh, Dwight Howard. I'm going to talk about Houston Rockets a little bit. Dwight Howard, you know, he deflected some questions the other day. You know, he's a player that, that next year it's a player's option for $23 million. Yeah. <clears throat> Take it. No state tax <laughs> either. <laughs> Take it. Uh, he's gotten a lot of flack for his inefficiencies and challenges for, you know, several reasons. I even know last week I called him a, a cancer. I mean, that's a little harsh. I tell you, it's not his fault that, uh, you know, he's, he's 30. You know, he's lost some of his jumping abilities. I know early on his, his career, he was very talented and he's very gifted and powerful and athletic. Well, some of that's kind of gone away. And today's game is all about spacing, ball handlers, and that can create their own shot and, you know, get into the rim. I tell you, these solid post-up players with their back to the basket that are one-dimensional, kind of like Dwight Howard, are becoming obsolete. He's going to have to find a way to reinvent himself if he wants to continue in a career in the NBA. You know, I agree. And uh, I'm going to ask you one question after I say this. He averaged eight and a half shots a game. And he's going to get 23 mil last year. Mm. I would take it. I would take it, and I would try and... Talk to James Harden. Sit down in a sauna or something where it's just you two relaxed, maybe over a cocktail or, or whatever they drink, and say, hey, I'm the second best player on this team. You're taking 25 shots a game. I'm taking eight. How far away am I shooting the ball from the basket? How far away are you shooting the ball from the basket? Let's kind of work together here. Maybe we can win something. And if they can put one good year together, one, they might be able to attract somebody. But as of right now, no shot. Their head coach, nobody listens to. Kevin McHale got kicked to the curb way too early through 11 games this year. If you had Dwight Howard in a room, and you had a grease board, and him sitting in a desk, and you got his attention for an hour, where would you start with him? I would start being more active, being able to pass the ball better. He struggles passing the ball. Some of his moves are kind of antiquated. They're, They're very, very... Oh, there's no, there's no pizzazz to him. You're going to go two dribbles one way and throw this hook shot, and you're going to miss it. We're going to run down the other exactly. end. He hangs his head. You know, it's like, come on, man. Where's the spark? Where's the desire? He goes and he fouls the crap out of somebody and then just sm- smiles like, uh-huh, like what did I do wrong? Well, you just fouled the guy super, super hard, and you didn't need to do that. It was like almost out of frustration, dude. Try to figure your game out by reinventing yourself, being more active. Uh, he should be. I don't think he is the first, second, third, maybe the fourth <laughs> option. By the fourth. You know, I, I'm telling you, he just needs to go down there, understand his role, become not that one-dimensional player, expand your game, take some time, and understand how you're going to be able to f- help your team out more. Pass, move, do all these things that you're not doing currently. If you don't, that $23 million will spend very well, but that, that's where it ends. Yeah, no, I agree. And I would love to talk about him for an hour. I'd love to get a sports psychologist on here, which I know a couple, and see what the hell is going on in his mind because a lot of it is mental. Mm-hmm. And with any big guy, if you don't feed the beast early, they're checked out. Okay, you're going to shoot 30 footers over three guys, James Harden, and I'm just going to have to rebound and kick it back out to you again. You know I can't shoot free throws. Get me a couple back picks. Get me a couple dunks early. You know I have no low post game right now, which is his problem, but you need to utilize him with whatever skills he has left. Mm-hmm. He's only been in the league 11 years, man. Like It's not like he's been in the league 18 years. True. So he has fresh legs still, and he has a bad back, and I'm sure we don't talk about his bad back as much as we should because it's not in the media as much. It was quoted as saying that after he left the Lakers, he was dealing with the bad back the whole time, which was hindering his play, which I think is about 80% crap. But, you know, you, you take the information you're given. We'll see what happens with Dwight Howard in the future. I think Boston would be a great fit for him yeah. because Brad Stevens, it, he would have to have fun, and I think Dwight Howard still has fun in him. 
He just needs to be fed the rock, and everybody would pave the way for him in Boston, and he has a bunch of great shooters around. Let's move on. San Antonio, Memphis, yawn. Mm -hmm. I think I slipped through this whole series. It just shows that a good team takes care of business when they're supposed to. Right. And they were down a little bit in a couple of these games. Pretty much these games were all blowouts. You have the decimation of the, of the uh, Grizzlies with Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley. Unfortunately, they made the playoffs this year because they could really use a high draft pick. Uh, I don't think they're really a team where anybody would want to go there. Uh, even though Tennessee's a great place, Memphis is a great town. Uh, it just not doesn't have that doesn't have that. Uh, I don't know, that bravado. It, it, they were a number two seed. They had their chance, and it's a couple years past, and you got to hang on to Zach Randolph. you got to hang on to Mike Conley, or they're going to be in the lottery for many years to come. And then they have uh, Gasol, right, as well. And, I, you know, his, his game has continued to come around. You know, when he first came in the league, I was like, ugh. But he's, he's getting so good. I mean, now you can almost compare him to his brother, you know. So he, he's good as well. I, I don't see Memphis being a, a big powerhouse in the near future. I agree with you. And Memphis is just an okay place. Um, I think OK City is a better place where some of those guys went to uh, and are showing how, much, how good they're going to have, uh, uh, you know, in the playoffs this year. They continue to play great, too. But, yeah, you know, San Antonio, you're right. Took care of business. You know, I like their team. I always have. You know, I like the coach. He was my uh, assistant coach when I got drafted to the Golden State Warriors. So I've known Pop for a long time. Very respected. And, and, and that's key. If You manage egos is what an NBA coach does. And he, he has these guys on his team that aren't egotistical at all. They're, a lot of them are foreign players. A lot of them don't understand the American way. A lot of them, you know, don't think they have a golden spoon or, you know, they have all the stuff that's owed to them. You know, at the same time, these guys work together as players and win games. I had no idea that he was the assistant coach when you were playing there. Yeah, he was out okay, there. Okay, so yeah. I'm, so we're going to say the only second-round matchup that is set is San Antonio, Oklahoma City. We're yeah. going to talk about that next week. We have two and a half minutes. We're going to talk about Pop. <laughs> I want to hear insider info on Greg Popovich. Question number one, has he ever smiled? Well, I think, you know, it's more of a smirk. I think he won't give you that much. Maybe on his wedding day he got. Maybe on his wedding day he smiled. Uh, or like I don't know if he's trying to unbunch his underwear. You know, it's not a smile. It's not always a smile. But I tell you, he's an he's a very funny guy. On top of it, for a guy who never smiles, he's he's got a great personality. He's a guy who's you know very quick with a joke. You know, he's quick to be able to put you in your place as well. And he understands uh, that he has he is a great mind in basketball. And uh, he has confidence in what he does. And it's shown that he's he's taken what he's known over the years and continue to implement it over and over and over again and I believe that they're the best franchise in all of sports no no and I agree I mean the only real dynasty left in maybe well no I would say just in the NBA to be safe the 20 years they've been relevant you know they've missed the playoffs what once or twice, and they've been the number one and number yeah. two seed the majority of the times otherwise and I understand the strike the, the strike shortened season in right. 98 Tim Duncan's where he's, but who cares they won the championship everybody played the same amount of games and he rivets me more than any coach, maybe more than any player, just because he seems so closed off but so open at the same time. And we have 30 seconds left. We'll talk about him maybe a little bit more when we talk about San Antonio sure. next week. Uh, I do want to thank all of our guests. John Inglesby, great guest. Uh, and he's going to be, he's more than a guest. I mean, he's going to be part of this show as we go on. You can check out his show, uh, Voice America's All Around Sports, Fridays, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mike Bresnahan, 
Follow him at Mike underscore Bresnahan on Twitter. He is the Lakers beat writer for the Los Angeles Times, Rebound Magazine, NBRPA, so many upcoming events that we're going to talk about in the upcoming weeks. Matty Fish, i got to come up with a nickname. I'll come up with a nickname by next week. Alex Clancy in studio. No, you can't give me any help. <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Rebound Radio, Voice America Radio. It's going to be good. We're going to be better than ever next week. Catch you then. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.